Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gospel Tech Podcast. My name is Nathan Sutherland, and today we are going to be talking about three ways uh, we often go wrong with our adventures and how we can fix it. Uh, the idea here is uh, when we talk about our technology, it can be very easy to talk about all the stuff that's bad about it. Like, don't go do this stuff. Technology is bad, so just stay away from it. But we really want to be focusing our hearts and our minds on um, what is true in light of, of who God is, right? This is the reason we're gospel tech, is that in light of the gospel, I'm a new creation, so I want new things, and we have ways of determining what's good and what's bad. But once we've determined what's good, we want to set our minds and our hearts on the those things, right? Things of the spirit. And so there are these adventures. God makes us adventures, uh, not makes, makes adventures for us, I guess is the better way to say that, so that we can go and uh, do good works that he's prepared beforehand for us to do, right? Those are adventures. Uh, some of them are really, really hard, but all of them are good because they give God glory and they um, bring us closer to him and force us to recognize our need for him, right? That's the purpose of a godly adventure. Uh, and that's kind of the discussion for today is, all right, if that's the concept behind an adventure, where do we go wrong? And we're going to talk today about three ways that we tend to go wrong with our adventures. Uh, all the examples will come from my own personal life because I have done adventures wrong a lot. Uh, and then we're going to talk about, all right, what does that look like then? Kind of big picture. We've talked before, Nitty Gritty, if you go back just a couple episodes, you can find actually how do we actually plan analog adventures uh, and, and how you can like do that in your own family and do that with your kiddos or your spouse. But today's discussion is just big picture when we want to know about healthy tech and loving God and using tech. Uh, how do we find these adventures and what does that look like? And and just kind of how can we have this discussion in a way that applies to our everyday lives? Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing today. I hope it's helpful and encouraging for you. And with no further ado, let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Gospel Tech Podcast a resource for parents who are feeling outpaced and overwhelmed as they raise children in a tech world. As an educator, parent, and tech user, I want to equip parents with the tools, resources, and confidence they need to raise kids who love God and use tech. Thank you to everyone who has made this podcast possible. Thank you to our loyal supporters and donors. Uh, if you are not currently a uh, financial uh, partner with would I say that? Financial partner? Sure, let's call it that for today. If you are not currently on mission with us financially, let's say it that way, uh, you can join us. Uh, we ask, that, Anna and I ask that you guys pray about it. Uh, we ask that you just ask the Lord, is this something you're supposed to join up with? And if it is, you can join us by going to gospeltech.net slash donate. And because we are part of a nonprofit, uh, your donations are tax deductible. So thank you for um, thinking and praying through that. Uh, thank you to everyone who's left reviews, who's followed on uh, social media. You can go to at LoveGodUseTech on both Instagram and Facebook, and who has followed uh, through whatever app you are using to listen to this podcast right now. Uh, so the most common one uh, is just podcasts with like iTunes or through Apple, and you can just literally go, you can click follow, and what that does is two things. One, it lets other people see that there are people following, and it tells the algorithm when people search up like... How do I, you know, know if my tech is healthy? We are more likely to pop up for them. That lets more people find us. And we are seeing, again, we are seeing people join and we're seeing people stay for the conversation and we're seeing people share it. So thank you for being a part of that. Uh, along with following, we do ask that you just 
leave us a, a review out of five stars and uh, also say why it's helped you. One or two sentences. Uh, someone asked me the other day how to do that. You literally have to go all the way to the bottom when, when, in whatever app you're in, especially if you're in the iTunes or Apple uh, podcast apps. You got to go all the way to the bottom. But you can listen through Amazon. You can listen straight through Google, through our website. Uh, those are all ways to enjoy. So thank you for sharing and being a part of it because it lets us have these amazing conversations each week. So thank you. Uh, so today's conversation is going to be about ways that we kind of misuse or go around when we look for adventure. And uh, the verse we're going to be using for today, or the verses, is Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Uh, says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And we see a creative God who has now spoken into existence um, light and plants and animals and uh, the, the world has now been established. And then he populates it with humans and says, all right, humans, you're made in my image. Now, this is a really cool idea that's actually been made fairly simple to understand by really smart people. So this isn't my idea, uh, but I'm going to explain it here because I found it helpful. Uh, So I believe it was C.S. Lewis that I first heard it from, but I've heard it from multiple people now. Uh, This idea of creating uh, versus begetting. And uh, so when I create something, it's like me, but not of me. So I can create uh, a sculpture or I can create art or I can create even buildings. And these things have echoes of me, but they're not me. Now compare that to when my wife and I had our three children, right? They are us. They are the same genetic makeup as my wife and I. In fact, they are a crazy conglomerate of our genetic makeup and make a third DNA strand that's never before existed. And we begot them, right? So Jesus is begotten of God the Father. He is the same in uh, substance as God the Father. He is an infinite being who existed prior to us uh, and prior to his existing on this planet. Unlike us, we come into existence when mom and dad come together and they get a zygote. And guess what? Third DNA strand, booyah, we've got a brand new human uh, who never existed previously. And so that's important because when God created and said, let's make man and uh, woman in our image, we now have this part of us that that echoes our creator, right? We are designed to be creative beings. And in doing that creative process, we actually give glory to God. This isn't something God said, hey, you can't do this. This is my thing. Like By creating, by um, going on this kind of mental and emotional and spiritual adventure uh, into making something that did not exist before, we're not becoming God, we're simply reflecting Him, right? Uh, And I love that image for this conversation because sometimes we think of adventure and we go, well, God doesn't like adventure. We got all those rules and we have all this stuff that really God just kind of locks down adventure and we just have to minimize the amount of adventure we have. Whereas when we actually read the Bible, starting in the Old Testament, starting in Genesis, being made in the image of a creative God who's looking at all of his creation and going, great, this is all amazing. I want someone who will love it, right? So I'm going to make man in my image and man is going to be loved by me, man being just human, humanity, uh, male and female. 
man is going to love this and going to be loved in it, right? So I'm going to put man over all of this creation so that they can love it well for me and love me in that process, right? It's the adventure itself is the loving process, right? That's really cool. So it's not, well, love God and then try to have some fun on the side without getting caught, right? Or without going too far. Like the entire Old Testament and the entire New Testament leading right into the great wedding feast of Revelation is saying the most adventure you can have is being lined up with God. So that's why Genesis 1, uh, 26 and 27 is going to be our our verses for today. Uh, And then we're going to look at, all right, so we have this idea of like adventure is amazing and God absolutely uh, calls us to great adventure that lines up with who he is, but we go off a lot, right? We look for adventure in the wrong spots. Uh, Because sometimes, let's look at the first one, sometimes our adventures are unkind. Uh, And I think, oh man, so this is where the uh, honesty is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. So uh, when I was a youth, there are those who would describe me as rather rambunctious. Uh, In elementary school, I'll just describe one of my days. Uh, I wasn't mean-hearted, But as any of my teachers would tell you, I was probably the cause of many a gray hair. I was a very high-energy youth. That might surprise you. Uh, I was the kind of kid who would always get uh, in trouble when talking in a group of friends because you could always hear my voice, and it was generally me being involved. And if you kicked me out, everyone else behaved. So uh, there was a specific day that wasn't the best for me. Uh, I got sent to the principal's office three times on this day. Uh, and the general idea was I was looking for my adventure in unkind ways. It started with uh, a pine cone fight with my friend uh, in the parking lot. Sorry, Derek. Uh, we were throwing pine cones. He eventually hid in one of these giant like monster truck tires that used to be on playgrounds, you know, back in the day. Uh, and I was against the rules. We had made rules. You can't hide inside the monster truck tires because then like someone would have to go point blank. So I thought I'd flush him out by playing a little chicken. Uh, so I grabbed a rock and my rock was a little too well thrown. I just kind of grenaded it in and he came up uh, with blood running down his face. And of course, went and told the recess duty. Uh, so I went to the principal's office for the first time that day. Uh, but that was only first recess. So by second recess, uh, <laughs> I got dared by some friends. I wasn't allowed to go like play on the actual playground, couldn't go play sports. Uh, so I was just kind of hanging around the front of the school uh, because I got in trouble first recess. So they were trying to keep an eye on me. And uh, there was a payphone on the wall. Now, young people, payphones are like cell phones that are attached to a wall, and you got to put quarters in them to make it work. And, and a quarter is kind of a metal. Anyway, it probably doesn't matter. Uh, so there was a payphone there. And some friends dared me, like, hey, why don't you uh, call 911 from the payphone? I was like, oh, suckers, I don't have a quarter. Like, of course, this is going to be great. I'm going to look awesome. People will laugh. So I did it. Uh, downside 911 works from a payphone if you ever find one. Uh, it works, including your actually your smartphone. If your phone is locked, you can still call 911. Uh, so the fire department showed up and wanted to know where that distressed child is who called 911. Uh, so that was my second one, uh, and I went to the principal's office. And the third was, I don't know what, what this was. Anyway, the third one was uh, later that same day. So I've now bloodied a kid's head, called 911, and the teacher was instructing, like, same school day, and I do not know what came into me, but I thought it would be a great decision to put bunny ears on her when I was walking back from sharpening my pencil, and I did, 
And it was a great idea, right? Because people laughed. And then I was so caught up in the laughter that she turned around and saw me. And then I went to the principal's office for the third time that day. Now, uh, I don't know where people here rest on uh, corporal punishment, but we'll just say that uh, this was a while back, uh, not in the last two decades, and uh, they had a deal uh, that the school was allowed to spank me and then I could get one at home as well. Uh, And I promise it was not done in anger by anyone. Uh, It was explained thoroughly to me why this was happening, and this was a... uh, (laughs) It's a well-deserved reminder that apparently verbal requests for me to behave were not working. So uh, that was my unkind adventure. And if you look at each of these, right, they come out of this heart of like, well, I want to do something exciting. I want to do something fun. But each time it was really selfish, right? It was really unkind. I injured a friend. I waylaid a group of emergency workers and I disrespected my teacher all on the same day, right? And when we look for adventure outside of God's created design, we can often hurt ourselves and hurt others. So um, this is when we're looking for our adventures, when we're looking for how we can love God well. We want to make sure we're doing it in a way that is kind, and we'll come back to that a little bit at the end. But um, if we're not unkind with our adventures, sometimes we're just straight up selfish. Uh, And as many of you know, I have uh, a pastime of mine that... Uh, is where I used to go find my adventure. So I used to, uh, way back in the day, uh, go and play video games quite a bit. And it wasn't necessarily the games I was playing, uh, but it was just the act of video games for me drew me out of real life. Uh, So in this case, I went to go look for adventures. I was like, you know what? God made me love uh, stories, and God made me love uh, exciting things, and I get to play these games with friends. And for a long time, it was fine. I started playing games when I was like eight. But by the time I was 28, uh, it became a bit of an issue. I was married, and I realized video games are more than just something I went and did. It was actually like part of how I sought out my purpose. Uh, And it became a problem to the point where I felt convicted so heavily uh, that I had to have real conversations with God. And I found I was making a lot of excuses for why I shouldn't have to quit playing video games, even though I couldn't keep a timeline. And even though it affected my relationships and responsibilities, and even though my highest highs and lowest lows were tied directly to video games, right? If you look at a reset with your sleep and your time, like all of those were impacted by my video games. I was like, oh my goodness, like this is unhealthy for me. Uh, And I had to give up video games in my life, right? Why? Not because video games are terrible for everyone, not because I was doing anything immoral, but because my adventures weren't reflecting the greatest adventure of all, right? Loving God and doing the good works he's planned beforehand for me to do. Ephesians 2.10 says, I'm not just saved because God loved me, right? I am saved, but not just because of that, right? I'm saved for good works. I'm not just saved for the kingdom of heaven. I'm saved to let others see God in action and to serve and love them. And video games were stopping me. Uh, Yes, I could say positive things to people in video games, but not in comparison to what God was asking me to do. In fact, me giving up video games is what led me to a pretty dark spot in life for a couple of weeks where I had to be like, Lord, I know you asked me to do this, but I'm not enjoying this. Like, this isn't just like, woo, yay, no video games. Like, I'm kind of wallowing in my own uh, pity over here and general life filth. Like, help me out. And I was uh, challenged to start serving people because God gave me a heart to love people. And I was acting as a teacher at the time, not acting, I was actively a teacher at the time. Uh, And so I started serving and asked some teachers at my school if there were any options. Young Life came up. 
uh, in a very young life way. I actually got kind of voluntold to do young life and, and loved it. Did it for seven years, uh, right up until, uh, actually through maybe eight years. Cause I did it, uh, after I stopped teaching as well. So, uh, taught for a decade and seven, then eight of those years were, uh, seven plus one of those years were with young life. And that led me to recognize, man, teaching actually isn't my sole passion. Like loving young people where they're at and helping them see their full potential is. And that's where Anna and I started a nonprofit. Uh, so sometimes our adventures are selfish. In my case, that's video games, but maybe it's some other technology for you. Maybe it's not technology. It's something else you're looking for satisfaction in and God's saying, hey, I love you. Don't find your purpose there, right? There, your adventure could be greater because your creator is greater. Go out and let's make stuff. Let's not consume stuff. Let's go out and make things that reflect who God has made you to be and the joy he's put in you. Um, because, and this leads me straight to my third point, the third way um, our adventures can go wrong is we we make it easier to consume than to create. Uh, and I think the best example in my life is uh, specifically with drool tech. So we've talked previously, but I'll just put it here in case you're new. Uh, tool tech and drool tech are the two types of digital tech to- technology uh, at least the categories that I break them into. Tool tech is how we make stuff, and drool tech is how we consume stuff. Uh, so tool tech, it's user-driven. It operates at the pace of real life because you can't make stuff faster than your brain can make it, right? So it's used by you. But you could be making music, making videos, making games. You could be making um, essays or food or building something, right, out of raw materials. These are all tool tech uh, you're creating. And the reason that's important is because consumption tech is passive. It can be done really easily. It can be overstimulating and that can lead to a lot of very negative, uh, impacts, including overstimulation. So that's where your brain, uh, basically kicks into fight and flight mode. You get, um, all sorts of things running through your blood, including, uh, adrenaline would be one cortisol would be another. Um, these are stress hormones that uh, are meant to help you live, but they basically wreck your ability to like remember information. <laughs> they make you feel really stressed out and anxious. They, uh, inhibit your ability to sleep and they're not great for daily living. They're wonderful for survival and even for sports, but uh, you don't want just that going on in your daily life. So those are kind of the differences between tool and drool tech. And I found that uh, just the layout of my house, so Anna Anna and I, my wife and I, uh, were reading through Andy Crouch's uh, TechWise Family. If you have not read it, it's worth it. It's a wonderful short read. And the, the general conversation he has is, hey, how do we, I believe the phrase he uses is keep tech in its proper place. If I, if I remember correctly, uh, but that's the general heart of the entire book. It's just, what's the place of tech in your family, and is it supporting its role, or is it actually driving your use of it? Uh, and in reading that book, we're like, you know what? He's not he's not preachy. He's very uh, he's very encouraging. I, there's some books where like you read them and you just feel like a terrible person. If you've ever read the book Radical. Uh, it's a great book, but it, it makes it like, it's all about like, look at what these people did. You should be more like them. And it's not shaming. It's just bringing up truths and it, it kind of makes you go, man, I don't know. Like, do I even love the Lord? Like, it's a wonderful chance to reflect. I would say TechWise family does an awesome job of being like, hey, here's biblical truths in light of technology. Let's reflect on like how, how we can really step into these. Uh, so Anna and I, we're thinking through that, praying through that and realize, you know what, like our use of television is not 
reflective of actually our values as a family. Uh, and so we ended up going tech f- or screen free. Uh, we got rid of our television. Oh my goodness. Listeners, maybe you guys could actually tell us when that happened. <laughs> you might remember better. Uh, it was right around the last time Anna was on a podcast. So something like a year ago. Uh, and it, it hasn't been like easy, perfect, seamless sailing. It wasn't just like, hey, high five. We never need a TV. Uh, but we have got to the spot now where uh, we, we've got, I mean, almost a year without a TV. We still watch shows, but it's off a laptop where we get to put it in a drawer and our screen goes away, right? And we go to it, we use it, and then we put it away again. And uh, for us, that's been a really helpful piece to not simply veg out on accident, right? Just because it's there, not, just because the screen is staring at you all day long and all you got to do is click a button. Like we actually have to go to it and we have to do something uh, and our children can't just turn it on by accident, right? Like they have to log in and like open whatever we're using. Uh, we often use Amazon Prime uh, to watch things like Wild Kratts, uh, people with young kids, by the way, that is a show I can... I can stand by. Uh, it's relatively slow in terms of animation. Not like Mr. Rogers slow, but relatively slow. Uh, and it's it's cute when it comes to animals, and they don't like have any crazy info on there. So that's encouraging. I always appreciate it when they just make a good quality product. But that's a side note. The idea here, though, is uh, sometimes our adventures go wrong because consumption is just easier than creating. Uh, and if we make it easier to consume, we'll generally default to consume. That's why we ended up removing our screen was to just be intentional, saying, you know what, this doesn't reflect our values. This doesn't reflect what we want to be easy. Instead, we made adventures easy, right? We made creating easier. And that's, I think, just the the conversation of, all right, how can our adventures go wrong easily? Well, they're unkind. They're self-focused. Um, and let me, let me jump back to number two after I finish this. And then the third is that they're consumption-focused rather than creative-focused. Uh, I don't actually know if I hit the main point on number two, so let me just quickly return to self-focused. My video games were selfish because they were my adventure, and it was really hard for me to invite others into it. And at that point, we didn't have any kids. It was Anna and I, but I realized, man, like, I'm spending my days, my work time, like all of this uh, investment God's given me with talent and with passion, with interest, um, I'm spending it on myself and I'm spending it willingly and I'm actually looking forward to getting back to where I can spend more time and more effort. And when I'm not playing this game, I'm thinking about this game, right? And when I'm with Anna, I love it and that's great, but she's going to go to bed and I'm not going to end my day there because that's not the best part of my day yet, right? The best part of my day comes next. And you can tell that's what I was thinking. I never would have said that, by the way. That would, that's, those are not the words that would have, and if you would accuse me, I would have fought you tooth and nail on that, right? Like I would have said, no, that's not true. But if you looked at the way I was spending my relationships and responsibilities, my emotions, sleep, enjoyment, and time, it all pointed towards, man, video games are my high point. I get through a quiet time. I get through my work. I get through these other things. It was all selfish because it made me feel good. And that was the most important. And really, I had a bunch of undealt with stuff and I needed to learn how to be quiet with the Lord. And I needed to learn how to listen and serve and actually be a little bit bored. Uh, I needed that in my life because I didn't realize how overstimulated I was and how much my lack of sleep was hurting me and how much it was impacting my ability to remember, uh, but also my willingness to move forward with some hard stuff. 
I was never going to start a nonprofit while I had video games as my easy out. And even now when I'm doing this nonprofit, I'm working solo in a garage. It would be really easy to just take an hour or four and play a video game because I quote unquote deserve it, right? Because I've been working hard. And instead, the Lord has slowly been maturing me to the point where I have some mental stamina now. I can do this job and that I do it not because um, I want to prove myself as good or prove myself to anybody. It's not a selfish adventure. And when it is, I repent. Uh, but it's something where I'm faithfully following where the Lord has called Anna and I right now, right? And I wouldn't have been able to do it with my selfish adventure. So I, that's just, I wanted to tie that up on the second one. I realized maybe I hadn't said that. Uh, so the question is, all right, we have these adventures. Sometimes they go awry for those three reasons. What do we do? We create adventures that fit Galatians 5.22 right? Uh, I love Galatians 5.22 because it comes right after 5.19, which lists a bunch of things that don't look like God, right? And then 5.22 comes and goes, all right, like here's what an adventure, when we're created in God's image, the image of an adventurous God, a God who made all of this and then looked at creation and said, my glory will be exemplified by loving the individuals who will be enjoying this fully, right? And that before the fall was what we did. We were absolutely thriving in creation and creating and loving and being in it and God um, getting glory because of that, right? We weren't like, look what we did. Like this was God's glory and we were enjoying it massively. So our adventure then, according to Galatians 5.22 is, well, does our adventure create love and joy? Does it create peace and patience? Does it create kindness and goodness faithfulness and gentleness? Does it create self-control? And when it does, God is getting glory from that, right? So this can be a litmus test. We use Philippians 4.8 a lot, but I really like this for this idea of our adventures uh, because it's, for me, a really easy way to go, all right, should I you know, do this thing with my job, right? Should I do this sport? Should I play this board game? Like It's not just digital technology. It's every aspect of our lives. And when we walk through that list and go, yeah, yeah, it definitely expands joy, this willingness uh, or this uh, satisfaction that we get from God, right? The, the happy, I would, happiness is such a weak word, but joy of the Lord, right? That, that he is indwelling me and that it's not reliant on my circumstance and love that I'm serving people intentionally and seeing them as more valuable than myself. Like, does my adventure help me do that? And if it does, cool, right? But it's also a really easy way to look and go, oh, you know what? That thing I'm drawing satisfaction from actually makes me not love others, or it's super unkind, or it's really self-focused. Like, it's another sort of reset for us to use. Um, and when we do that, like, we can actually, let's brainstorm some adventures, because there are a lot of ways now that we can go out and enjoy adventure. It doesn't have to be selfish. So we can go out and we can try a sport, right? We can go out and, uh, whether this is at recess for our kids, we can train our kids to go out and be like, hey, just pick up a ball and invite a kid to join you, right? Like, let's just try a sport. Let's throw a ball. Let's kick a ball. Let's play. If it's a version of a sport where it's unkind, let's skip that. I'm looking at you, muff, right? If it involves you uh, getting a ball kicked at you because you messed up in the sport, maybe don't play that one with uh, kids that you're not best friends with. But the idea is get out and try a sport, right? There can be an adventure in that because you're moving your body, you're making friends, you're trying new things, and that's great. We can 
play a game. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of board games, but it just really any kind of game that is going to be engaging uh, and encouraging, that is going to reflect Galatians 5.22 and increase our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I will tell you, when you look at digital games, some of them really struggle in encouraging self-control and gentleness and kindness and patience, right? They actually generally operate on the exact opposite. They want to be incredibly stimulating, incredibly engaging, and incredibly, uh, I guess, motivating to the point where we start to look beyond others for our satisfaction and goals rather than uh, focus on encouraging them in the process. So we just want to be intentional with that, but games can be great, and that can be anything from four square to, right, a board game or, uh, uh, I mean, a joined activity that may be fun. You can make a story, build with Legos, you can write it out in words, you can draw it with pictures, you can uh, design it with tool tech, uh, whether that's a 3D printer or um, something like robotics uh, program or set, or even uh, video and um, game design. I do believe those can be positive. I think there's a lot of space there for development uh, to not use improper engagement strategies that are unhealthy. I think one of the best examples of it, it's unfortunately, there's not a lot of happy examples, but if you uh, are not familiar with that dragon cancer, uh, it is a game designed by a couple who lost a child to cancer. And it's basically uh, kind of their grieving put into like a playable movie almost. And it's not about the graphics. It's not like mind shaking graphics. It's this process of you being a parent and like processing with your spouse, like what's happening to your child. And so I would say that that's making a story. There's a lot of power and a lot of people have been helped by feeling like they can now, they've now been heard, right? With their suffering, uh, but also awareness of like, this is something that happens and here's what it's like for someone to be in there. I think there is a lot of, a lot of power and beauty in that. And I think that when you get there, God gets glory from that. Uh, so I, I would say make a story can be a way to create and to give God glory. Again, the story needs to reflect Galatians 5.22. There's plenty of stories out there that aren't worth having written uh, or read. But that brings us to read a book. And there are some amazing books uh, to read together. Uh, Ma, oh, let's see. Mom Pa Modern does a great job. Uh, she has a book about having adventures with your children. So you can go check her book out. It's just called Adventuring Together. Uh, Read Aloud Revival uh, is an amazing book that you can uh, pick up. Sarah McKenzie wrote it, and it basically is about both the benefits of reading aloud and then has a bunch of books on there. And then Honey for a Child's Heart. I'm forgetting her name right now, but uh, it's a delightful book. Um, and the idea is it lists it by both categories, so like uh, fiction books to read, biographies to read, but also by age. Uh, and just as a lot of books that, uh, they're not all perfect, but there's a lot of very solid books in there that if you have no idea even where to begin and you've Googled it and you get all sorts of crazy suggestions from Goodreads and Amazon and all of these other places, like this is just, it's a nice static, it doesn't move, right? <laughs> you can go find it every time you want it. Uh, I, so I would, I would encourage those three resources. Uh, and I'm sorry, I don't, Gla yes, that's it, Gladys Hunt. Uh, Gladys Hunt made that resource. So those are some options when you're looking at, all right, um, where can we even begin in reading a book together? I would strongly encourage it. Of course, reading a book on your own is also awesome. Uh, but these are chances for us to talk with our children about what we read, why is that encouraged and acceptable? What draws their interest? Because if your child has negative 
tech habits, there's often something in that uh, that will be reflected in uh, in reading and can still be very positive. I would actually argue uh, in technology, most of the things that go negative for us are things God put inside us that are now being misused, much like our sin. Satan doesn't invent sins. Uh, he simply twists the things that God gives us, right? And uh, other than lies, he is the father of lies. That's his one invention, which is actually just breaking truth. But neither here nor there. The idea being, uh, when you read a book, if your child struggles with healthy tech, there's often a positive outlet for that, and reading can be one of the ways that they can start to kind of pursue that. And whether that's looking at fantasy and adventure, or whether that's looking at friendship or sports or whatever their area of interest can be, uh, there are reading outlets for that. And finally, I would put this as just kind of create beauty, or you could call it create art, but make something uh, and make it well and learn how to learn how to fail and make mistakes. Uh, my kids love painting rocks or doing an art project together that's seasonal, right? Whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever the birthday is coming up, where we make something for someone else in mind. Uh, you can make um, there's really cool, like you can go on Etsy or other, uh, awesome sites where they'll show you how to make, you know, bags for the homeless in your area where you can serve them and you're now, uh, encouraging them and learning their humanity, but, um, doing it in a way that's going to be healthful and safe. Uh, and you can deliver those, you can keep them in your car, uh, which is what we like to do, uh, where you can just like drive up and like, offer them to individuals, and they include uh, socks and a Bible and uh, right some some other resources that will be a water bottle and things that will be helpful for individuals that are in a hard spot while not um, trying to fix it unilaterally and not uh, enabling a negative habit, right? But still trying to find that intentional way to serve them with your children and, and do this in a way that's prayerful and intentional. And, and uh, I know people who have done much more than that, and it's really cool, and I know individuals who choose to serve in other ways. And so uh, the point here is that we're creating beauty, and we are creating because we've been made in the image and likeness of God, and it's a beautiful thing to do. And the last thing I would just add is whatever you choose to do for your adventure, invite someone to come along, right? So we l- look for those things that God's given you that you enjoy, and you go, man, I want to I wanna try this. Let's just... Let's go out and, uh, you know, Miss Frizzle style from Magic School Bus. Let's go out, get messy, and make mistakes. Let's make sure it's creative, focused, and let's invite people to join us. Let's do it as a family, right? Let's make a meal together. Let's go out and make one of these projects. Let's go do these activities. But let's also invite other people into our lives. Maybe it's for an hour after church on Sunday, all right? And we have a meal and we make that an activity. Uh, Maybe it's inviting a friend from school or church or sports to come do one of these things with you. And the idea simply being you're modeling how to have an adventure and so much more of life happens there, right? You're now showing them what it looks like to love God and invite people in and to be a part of, uh, of a community and to live out the gospel. So, adventures, they're not just a way to pass the time, uh, because we have no free time. Adventures are actually living out uh, who God has called and created us to be, and God is inviting us on the greatest adventure, which is to submit our life to Him, repent of our sins, and live in freedom uh, for His glory and for our good uh, in this life and then forever in relationship with Him. And that's the freedom I want for you. That's the freedom I want for our children as we look at them and go, man, I don't want you to be a servant to anything other than the most loving, perfect God. Anything else is going to crush you and destroy you, including serving ourselves. Uh, Instead, we want them to be so free and so joyful and so able to love and empowered by God to see 
chains broken off and people live in freedom. And we can see that and we do see it um, when we submit our lives and our actions to God and when we make our adventure pursuing God with everything. And then all of a sudden, playing a sport becomes an act of worship, and that can be really cool. Uh, it doesn't become the end in itself. So uh, I hope this was encouraging to you, and I hope you can hear uh, from my experiences maybe some of the ways your adventures have gone off the rails. Uh, if you would like to share any of those with us, uh, we would love to hear them. If you have some adventures uh, growing up that maybe went sideways on you, we would love to hear those. We'd also love to hear what you do with your family or personally uh, that you see the Lord glorified in and your adventures. Uh, so you can reach out to us at Love God Use Tech on Facebook and Instagram. You can write me directly, Nathan at gospeltech.net. And you can join us next week as we continue this conversation about how we can love God and use tech. Thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through World Concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care, and Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit Krista.org.